NBC's broadcast of the Olympics. We are presented with this message that President Obama used. Now, that clip actually was taken from the president's address to the people in the city of Dallas as they were mourning just a month ago of uh, the five officers who tragically lost their lives in the line of duty. But the CDC used that clip to offer an inspiring message that good things can come out of bad circumstances. Now, not surprisingly, that quote, that message, that inspiring word comes from Scripture. It's directly out of Romans chapter 5. And so I would like to use that passage today for all of us to be encouraged to either discover or to rediscover the hope that we have in Christ. And so if you have your Bibles with you, or uh, perhaps if you use your, the Red Bibles in the seat in front of you, if you would turn with me please to Romans chapter 5, either in these Bibles or on your phones, however uh, you want to read with me. And uh, we'll just quickly look into Romans chapter 5. If you're using the Red Bibles in the seat in front of you, uh, I'm on page 1752. And while you're turning there, I'll use this time to uh, say, yeah, Romans is in the New Testament. And this fall, I'm so excited to see how God is going to move among us and use us as we dig into his word, uh, talking about the story. So as a church, we will be going from the Bible, we will be going through the Bible from beginning to end. And I'm so excited to see uh, what God will be saying to us as we go through that study. So I just say that to say is that we're not leaving the, the New Testament behind as we go into our fall series. We'll be talking a lot about the Old Testament, but I'm sure... Uh, that one of the blessings that we'll receive is that we'll see in that Old Testament how God has been using and moving his people, uh, pointing us toward Jesus. Okay, so now that we're at Romans 5, um, maybe a question for you. Uh, while, uh, while you're holding your finger in your Bible or whatever, a question for you. If you were to introduce yourself to someone that you didn't know, what would you tell them? What would you tell them if you were to introduce yourself? Now for me, I don't know about you, but, but that can be a really intimidating or almost an even stressful question to try to think, oh my goodness, what in the world uh, could I possibly say? How would I answer that? And then I think what I, what I respond to, in my mind at least, is, well, what I'm going to tell you about me depends on who you are that's asking, right? So for example, if you were an employer and I was applying for a job, I'd probably say something like, oh, I'm a good hard worker, I'm committed a team player, those kinds of things. Uh, if you were trying to talk to maybe uh, your professor at college, you would say that you're studious, you take your academics seriously, and you, you uh, put your effort into that. Uh, maybe a friend, or you're meeting someone at a wedding or a party, you start playing the who do you know game, and you try to figure out, you know, are you groom side, bride side, or, or other different circumstances like that. Or if you're my father-in-law, well, then I'm just the best possible person that your daughter would ever want to be with. And I promise that I will take care of her and I will love her as much as I possibly can, sir. Right? So, <laughs> you know, and it, it does kind of depend on our circumstances about how we would describe uh, who we are. And we can be all of those things all at the same time. It, but it sometimes it is a challenge for us to come up with a few things that we would use to describe who we are, what we're all about. But my guess is, is that deep down, if we were to be really honest, and to really talk about who we are, and maybe a little bit of what shaped us, it wouldn't take too long for any of us to find tragedy, or disappointment, or suffering, or pain that has in some way shaped who we are, or why we, are, or why we do what we do. 
may not be the very first thing that we would ever share or offer as we introduce ourselves to someone for the very first time, but deep down, perhaps we know that we all have hurts and sufferings that influence us and, how, and who we become. So our encouragement today is the, voice, is the words that Barack Obama shared, that CBC used uh, for us as well. So when the CBC uses the montage to say that you know, the, the uh, crises in Brazil don't summarize what Brazil is all about, or when Barack Obama uses those words to say, yeah, we're mourning right now, and times are really hard, but there's hope. The same encouragement is for us in our lives. And that's what I'd like us to talk about uh, this morning in Romans chapter 5, is that our pain and our suffering does not define who we are, even though they do shape us. So Paul sums up this passage, the one that we turn to, Romans chapter 5, in verse 2. He says, uh, we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We have hope in God. But he goes on. He says, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Did you notice that President Obama didn't use the part, we rejoice in our sufferings. We rejoice in our sufferings. What does that even mean? In, me, in my mind, that's really hard to do, to be rejoicing in the times when it hurts. It's not a natural instinct for me to go through those difficult times in my life and go, gee, that was fun. I'd like to do that again. Right? We wouldn't act that way. We wouldn't think that way. But I don't think that's what Paul is saying when he's writing these words and when we read, when we read them. Paul certainly does not mean that we should be looking for pleasure through pain. And he's definitely not saying that we should make ourselves willing and submissive victims to ongoing sufferings. We do suffer in many ways today. Maybe it's illness. Maybe it's the mourning of loss. Maybe economic uncertainty, war, violence, abuse, injustice. And there are many other terrible situations. Paul is not necessarily saying given good in the pains uh, that we go through, but he's encouraging us not to be defeated by those times. We are not defined by the, by the sufferings that we go to. And there are many different New Testament examples of what, this, uh, what Paul's trying to say here as well. Jesus compares it to giving birth to a child, the hope that we have uh, in Christ. So Jesus said, you know, as there is pain uh, going through childbirth, there is joy in receiving the life of a young child. And James says, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of faith develops perseverance. And so we have this four-point inspiring passage from Scripture that gets used to help us remember that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. So yes, sometimes what shapes us are the things that we've suffered, but it does not end there. We persevere. Suffering is a consequence of sin. We are broken people in a broken world. In fact, Jesus' promise to us is that on this side of heaven, we're going to face difficult times. 
Jesus promises us that. There will be difficult times. But he gives us hope in knowing when we can rest and we can trust in him and that he has conquered all things so that when we go through those difficult times, he gives us the strength to persevere. Suffering does produce perseverance. But it's not just the kind of perseverance that lets us to just take on all the suffering of the world and we can just accept the pain for what it is. But the kind of endurance and perseverance to overcome and to move forward. To overcome and to move forward. That's the kind of perseverance that is needed to overcome suffering. Now we all can think of heroes in history maybe, of people who have overcome difficult times, people like Martin Luther King Jr., as he never gave up the fight for equal human rights. Um, over the last three weeks, we talked about the journey of perseverance and striving towards the goals that God has set for us, and we use the Olympics as an example for that. And I'm sure that perseverance is the reason why there are so many sports fans who cheer for teams that are notorious for losing, right? Perseverance will help you get through that, that kind of suffering. But we rejoice in our suffering because it builds perseverance. Perseverance to endure, perseverance to overcome. And it's that kind of perseverance that shapes who we are, shapes our character. Now our character is probably uh, who we are that we can relate to, we can understand the most in terms of identity, we can identify with how that might define us, or how we can understand who we are. But our character doesn't just come from our own abilities, our own personalities, our own development, our own way of being. God can use us and to shape our development and our character beyond just our own abilities. Um, in fact, when in the New Testament, uh, Paul was writing to uh, the Corinthians in another one of his letters, and he was talking to the Corinthians about how the people there wanted Paul to prove himself. They wanted to put his character on test. And so the New Testament uses uh, these two words that kind of mean the same thing. That character, your character is your proof about what we believe. And our character has to reflect the proof that we're trusting and following God. And by persevering over suffering, our character can shine through. Now, a few weeks ago, Pastor Bob was uh, leading us, and he was talking about the story of David and Goliath and how we can be faithful with the small things. And uh, one of the greatest examples of character, I think, is found in that young David. Now, if you remember, David was the smallest guy. He had no reason to be at the battle lines, and no one had any real trust in him that he could accomplish anything significant um, in, a, in, a, in a battle of war. And as the story, as you know, and as we talked about very recently, uh, as David went to approach Goliath in his smallest character, he demonstrated the greatest character of all. Um, the story talks about how David would go and approach Goliath, and it says, as the Philistine Goliath moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward... Thank you. Oh, I, I, thank you. I, I see what you're for now. Thank you. That's right. or something. <laughs> wrap it up, wrap it up. <laughs> Thanks, Willie. Thank you. <laughs> David's demonstration of character was so evident in that the, when the Philistine, when Goliath came to the battle lines, David ran toward him to fight him. It's not like David was just hiding behind a rock and waiting for the right time that he could sling the stone and, and you know, maybe everything would work out the way that it, the way that it did. 
God's people and for what God wanted, in his inability to let Goliath mock his God, his character caused him to run towards that line in confidence, in faith, and that even though his people were suffering, even though his God was being mocked, David's character caused him to run toward that battle line. And I wonder how much of an example can that be for us in the way that we face our battles? Instead of hiding and cowarding and, uh, and, and hiding to avoid the suffering, if we can face it head on, if we can face it head on and face our Goliaths, if we would be willing to do that, to have the faith to, to persevere, to overcome our sufferings. God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowering, but a spirit of love, power, and self-control. So who David was and who we are does not end with just our character. Because our character is kind of like a present state of being. Our character leads us towards the hope that we have. The hope of the future and knowing that God is with us. That God's going to lead us towards great things. A few months ago in our River Kids programs, we were talking about how hope is believing that good things can come out of bad situations. So verse 5, as in, uh, in chapter 5 of Romans, says that our hope does not disappoint us because we have his love poured into our very being. God has put himself in us when we trust him and when we follow him. And he comes alongside us and carries our burdens for us. God has given those who trust and follow him his Holy Spirit to navigate life, to serve him, to see him, and to have his perspective in our world and our troubles. Sometimes we forget just how big of a deal that is, that God invested himself in us. And even more than that, God sacrificed his own son to endure even the worst kind of possible suffering so that we can have this hope, so that we can have the promise of a life that we can trust and rely on that God's with us all of the time. All of the time. And God always follows through on his promises. Hebrews says that we should hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess because God is faithful to us. He is good to us. So no matter what we're going through, no matter what suffering we come over in our lives, uh, in our own troubles, or when we look at the world around us, there is suffering. There's a lot of hurt, and there's a lot of pain. But God comes into those situations. He uses us, and he shapes us so that we can have the per perseverance that we need, so that we can mold our character, so that we can, say that we can prove with our lives, and with our trust, and with our reactions, but where our hope is leading us, in knowing that there is a God that loves us, that there's no temptation that, that we can't uh, give to God and allow him to use. There's no suffering in our lives that God doesn't have complete control or authority over. There are many things that really do define who we are. There are. And I, our prayer is that God would use all of them, the good ones and the bad ones, to shape us, to shape our world, to shape the way that we think about ourselves, and to shape the way that we serve others. And I think this passage here in Romans 5, and it's so beautifully used in so many different ways, um, as, as we see this morning, uh, it's used to show us in the guidance that we do have hope in all times and in all situations. Um, I'd like to invite the praise team to come up and lead us.
us in our closing song. And, and as they do come up, uh, can we pray together that we would be able to see the hope that God has for us, that we would be able to see our suffering and our pain in the perspective uh, that God has in those situations, but then also that we can celebrate and rejoice in knowing that we have a hope in Christ. Let's pray. God, while we were still sinners, while we were still broken people who really deserve the worst kind of suffering of all because of our sin, you died for us. You showed us the love that you had for us. You've given yourself to us so that we can be made right with you. And out of that comes the hope in knowing that we can be made right, that we can find peace, and that we can trust you in all things. But I thank you that even in difficult times, even though there's suffering in this world, you give us perseverance. Perseverance changes our character. And our character is we prove who we are in you gives us hope. So Lord, for those who need that kind of hope today, we pray for them that you would lift them up and that you would uh, show yourself to them. But for all of us, oh Lord, as we think about what defines us, may our definition of our lives be found in a love for you. May our church help others who are suffering to find that hope that you promise us. May we hear your glory in all that we say and all that we do. Jesus